Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Good morning, Horners, or good evening if you're watching this tonight. We are going into Vikings versus the San Francisco 49ers in the divisional round of the playoffs. In this episode, we're going to break everything down that you need to know from what happened in the last game versus the Saints and how that may be a affect how we plan and scheme for the 49ers, to how the 49ers work and the lovely and talented Jimmy G. Ugh. Anyways, it should be a great show. We also end up with Drew's Trivia Challenge, this time focusing on 1987 and also the divisional round against the San Francisco 49ers, and what a great game that was. Come join us, and as always, go Vikings! It's Dave, Ted, and Drew back again this time for some playoff football. The Minnesota Vikings versus the San Francisco 49ers out in Santa Clara, California. How you doing, Drew? Dude, I made like 10 pounds of chili after the game, and I am paying for it. <laughs> if, if my bunger could talk, it would sound like LSU head coach Ed Orgeron right now. <laughs> Go Tigers! <laughs> Go, how are you guys doing? We're on to the divisional round, right? That is yes, correct. We are. Ted, how yeah. are you doing? Gentlemen. If I was any better, get back. Get back. If I was any better, I'd be guessing long. Let's go. Let's light this candle. Botched it. I screwed that up royally, man. I look like Drew Brees running a two-minute drive. <laughs> no. So yeah, I, no, I'm doing good. I'm I'm uh, looking forward to the playoff game this weekend. It's nice to have the Vikings in the divisional round. Uh, lots of stuff to be excited for. Everybody, everybody, just like last week, everybody thinks the Vikings don't have a chance. I think they have a very good chance, and I'll explain why as the show unfolds. Staying alive, staying alive. Yeah, we're still alive. We are in the top. There's top 24, 24 worst teams in us, right? That's right. All right. We're at 25 on the draft pick. We want to get to 32. That's our goal. That's our goal. Absolutely. Speaking of goals, how many are we going to have to score to beat? How many goals? Field well, goals, this is American, this is American football. <laughs> So zero Food would be ball. the answer. No. Right. 
Go ahead, Drew. You answer this one. I, you got I, the you're I the numbers think. guy, Drew. How many touchdowns? Well, they're are we averaging thirty score? points a game, so I don't think we're going to beat them if we let them around the thirty area. Uh, and both teams are giving up a twenty a game. The average defenses give up the same amount, nineteen point nine and twenty. So it's right around. <clears throat> I don't think if if we're expected to score over thirty, to, to, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know how much. We're going to have to score to win this game. I would guess somewhere in the mid-20s. Okay. It is outdoors, on grass. I believe they put grass in that stadium, did they not? Or did they yes, put it in turf? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is grass. Okay. Yes. It's grass. So I'm figuring they're going to <laughs> at least four touchdowns would be nice. Throwing a Bailey field goal or two. Uh, you know, I don't look at points. I just look at we got to do whatever we can grind out a win. I don't really look at how many points we have to score, how much we have to give up. You just somehow got to figure out how to walk out with a W, which is kind of what I was gloom and doom going into the Saints game, and Ted Glover talked me into being not gloom and doom, so I'm hoping he can do it again today. <laughs> because because one of the big things is we, we look back to 87, that, game, that season, mm-hmm. like we're going to look at in trivia today. Uh, we have the Saints game, and then we came off the Saints game, and then we went to Candlestick in 87, which is identical right. to what we're doing now. It's a little bit different feel. I mean, at, at midweek, after we had beaten the Saints in 87, I was kind of thinking, well, I don't, I'm not really sure about this game either, like we all feel today. But that was coming off uh, – that game was over in the, midway through the third quarter against the Saints in 87. Yes. This So it's a lot different emotional for the – the players may be different, but you still have the game of football and you still have emotions coming off big games. And this game last Sunday was really hard fought all the way to the end. So what will the Vikings have in the tank coming out of a big emotional win? Back in 87, they knew the Saints game was over in the second half and they could kind of coast into the game against the 49ers at Candlestick. This year, might have a different feel to it. Are we spent emotionally or do we got something left in the tank? What do you think? I- I, I, I wrote about this, uh, I think I was it my TED Talk, maybe the SMR, I don't know. I, I kind of compared this win over the Saints win and the Minneapolis Miracle in 2017. That was like a, th- these are different wins. They were both exciting, they were both emotional, they were both, you know, lots of ebbs and flows, peaks and valleys, whatever. But but that 2017 game was was over until... There was direct intervention by the football gods, and there was a thunderclap from Thor, and defeat was turned into victory. Nobody saw it coming. You could, I mean, I remember looking at the, the videos the Vikings released from the locker room, and there was just this sense of complete disbelief as to what what had just happened. And, and, and really, nobody saw it coming. This game was a lot more traditional in the sense that it was a hard-fought football game. Um... The, the, the Vikings were not out of it. They, they were never in a position where all hope was lost. They controlled, they controlled the game. I think they led throughout other than the point where the, the, the Saints kicked that early field goal. I mean, the Vikings were either within one score or led throughout the whole game. Correct. And, and although the overtime, you know, it was overtime and it was exciting and you had the Thielen catch and, and Cousins catch, which I think were both defining moments in their careers, it was still more of a, like, I, I, I can't think of any word – other to say than a traditional game, and, and and as soon it was as soon as it was over, I mean, I remember thinking back to 2017, and I didn't come down off that Minneapolis miracle high till like Wednesday or Thursday, 
And I, I, I was just a fan. I didn't take one snap. I didn't take one hit. I didn't catch one football in that game. If you're living in that moment, I have to feel it's a lot more visceral. And to me, the NFC Championship was just kind of anticlimactic. And I don't think you'll get any Vikings players from that team to ever admit it. But I bet some of them were thinking that, like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, let's go play this game and see what happens. Where, where this, I think they, they're a lot more locked in, and I think they're a lot more focused. That, that win was great, and I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay it. It was, it was a great, great win. But it, it was a lot easier emotionally to, to put that behind you and get ready for the next game than I think the Minneapolis Miracle was. Mm-hmm. Good one. Oh, they, they went into that game in Philly and scored on the first drive. So it wasn't like they went in there and got their doors blown off. Everything went to shit after that. But right. they went down and threw the pass to Rudy and went up 7 nothing, And that made us kind of think, well, maybe it wasn't just a – maybe they're not emotionally spent. And then it just went to hell. So I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping Zimmer can somehow instill the mental toughness that we showed last week going into that play. I just hope we're, we didn't use it all up. I hope the tank still got something left in it. Well, a lot of those guys from that Philly game are still playing, especially on defense. The defense is almost 100% the same people. They know that's. I think the key, Dave's key to this game, is that the veterans step up. They've been there before. This is one of the few differences when you look at both teams as to the fact that San Francisco has not been to the playoffs under their Sean McVay and everybody else, right? This is new to them. Yeah, there's a few guys on the team that have been there before. But they haven't been there as a team. The Vikings, they've been there as a team. They've been there not once, but twice for a bunch of these guys. And they know what it means to win in the playoffs, and they know what it means to no-show like the second half of the Philly game and be beaten in the playoffs. And I think it's... That maturity from those experiences that's paying the difference. Why Rhodes played so much better last week and why people this week will continue to play better. I still think the the dark horse star of the defense this week I think is going to be Anthony Barr because he got smoked last week or last time we played this team. I think How much of an advantage does it really have, though? I mean... I it's mean, a psychological like to, one. I, I, man, I, I really want to – I'm not going to downplay or poo-poo that theory you got. I mean, I believe in it somewhat, but I just don't know how much I believe in it. Look at both quarterbacks. Neither one of those guys have any experience doing this. I think it's just another football game to all these guys, isn't it? A, let, let, let's, let's, talk, let's talk about their, their experience for a minute. Who, here, here's a question. Here's a question for you guys. Of the remaining quarterbacks – in, in the entire NFL play, in, in the in both AFC and in, in the entire core of, of, of the quarterbacks remaining in the NFL player at playoffs, which one has thrown the most interceptions this year? It's not Cousins. Watson? Rhy- rhymes with Shmimi Rolapopo. <laughs> Guess who has the highest interception percentage? Shmimi Garoppolo. <laughs> Again, Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, that, that, no, that's good. That's good. I love hearing that. And I know what Dave's saying, but when it comes right down to it is, is Joey, is it Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa? Nick Bosa. Nick, Nick's on San Francisco. Joey's on LA. Is Nick Bosa really going to be playing any of the less level because he hasn't played in a playoff game? I mean, is he really? No, no, probably not. But the just guy's hear- played in huge 
college games. He's played in, I mean, does it really make, is that experience really going to make a difference on the field? Hear, hear me out on this with Garoppolo and Cousins, though. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get off topic no, there. That, that's okay. But but Garoppolo can get rattled. I mean, it, it's he's done it this year. It's you can get you can rattle Jimmy Garoppolo and have him make some mistakes. You add in the pucker factor of the playoffs and not wanting to make a mistake, and that could feed into it. Now he could come out and have a great game and 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 just pick the Vikings apart. However, when you quarterbacks who are making their first start in the NFL playoffs are 15 and 32 straight up over the however it's been recorded. And Cousins had that thing, that that mental thing about him for years that he mm-hmm. couldn't win a big game. He couldn't win on Monday night. He couldn't do this. He couldn't. He's never going to be a playoff winning quarterback. And it reminded me a lot of Phil Mickelson back in the day mm-hmm. when Phil was like the quote unquote best player to never win a major. And then he finally breaks through and he wins a major <clears throat> championship. He wins the Masters in 2003 or whatever it was. And it sort of got the monkey off his back and opened the floodgates. I. I really hope and I'd like to believe that now that that thing that was dogging Cousins, and he'll say it wasn't, but I don't care who you are, if you've ever been in a situation where there's something that you can't get past or get over, whether it's in your job, whatever the case it is, there's something you can't achieve and you just are fighting like hell to achieve it. Once you do it, that task now becomes almost second nature, whatever it is. Apply it to your life, apply it to your job, whatever. For me, it was learn how to hover a helicopter, but that's neither here nor there. No, you make perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Now now that that thing is past him and it's no longer something he lays at night <clears throat> thinking about whenever at 2 o'clock in the morning when his wife and kids are asleep, man, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? Yeah, I can't. I, I, I honestly think this is going to be – last week was a defining moment in Kirk Cousins' career, and it's going to carry forward this week, and we'll see how Jimmy Garoppolo handles the pressure of the divisional playoffs. Well, and we did. We did use the word rattle. We rattled him week one in 2018 when we played him. Yeah, remember he just had the pick so. six, and I think we yeah. sacked him five times, and he was kind of confused that game. Yeah, and I know San Francisco's probably a little bit better of a team, but all the players are essentially the same for both teams. So, I think the Vikings can hang with them. I think both these teams, when playing their A game, are really tough to beat, and I hope they both bring their A game because it'll be a classic. Yeah. No, wait, I hope we bring our A game and they bring their D game. But uh-huh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Both right. both these teams, this is the ultimate. They're really good. Both of them are they're kind of a mirrored image of themselves right down the line. Well, in a lot of ways, yeah. In a lot of ways they are. And I heard on the radio this week that uh, you're talking about they both being the same and they both being a good game and both playing at the top of their games, that this game is probably the best game in the NFC playoffs, meaning that the winner of this one, whether it be San Francisco or Minnesota, will be favored in the NFC Championship game. Slow down. Yeah. I don't want to go there that. either, but that's no. Slow down. that's what I heard. Because these teams are so evenly <laughs> matched and basically mirrors of each other. There's a few things they do differently. But What's next, Dave? You're just going to say we're going to come out and we should win this game comfortably? Really? No. Are you just going to no, tempt no, no, the football no, no, gods no, no, like no. that? No, 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 don't. Whatever you, don't do that. We already went through that, didn't we, with the Redskins? Nope, 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 nope. No, that was the Broncos. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was the Broncos. Uh, but, uh, 
It's not. I'm not happy that Quan Alexander's coming back for the Niners. That's not good news. Um, I'm hoping he has that one game rust when guys miss seven or eight games. It takes him a while to get adjusted. And I know that's big with hockey. When a guy comes back after missing time, it usually takes him a couple games to get his legs back. So Alexander is going to play. And before he went out at week eight, he was their best defensive player. He was better than Bosa. He was all over. The, he was the number one tackler on the team. He was everywhere. And he is coming back. But I hoping he's a little rusty because that does, that would help us if he's not on his full game. Well, that can move, roll us into injuries. I know for the Vikings, it's a little upsetting. Diggs has been on the list this week. It's due to uh, some sort of flu bug. I think I've got it, cold or something. Um, he's been out the last two days. And today in practice, Adam Thielen did something to his ankle and was limited after that. Those are the two big worries that were on that list. There was a few others, the same people that were off last week, McKenzie Alexander, who we learned had orthoscopic knee surgery to remove a little bit of his meniscus, and uh, J. Ron Curse, who's dealing with a toe issue, which is probably turf toe. You know, those are the big ones. Linval was back practicing, even though it was limited, and I fully suspect Linval Joseph will still be back playing 100% when it comes to Saturday afternoon. but uh, Hey, I got a question. You were talking about rest and all that. What What's your opinion on this? That it's uh, – I, I kind of thought the Vikings um, missed an opportunity simply for the fact uh, they didn't get a home playoff game and they got to go on the road for three games if, if it gets that far. Um, you know, the task ahead of them when they went to the playoffs. Do you think it's better to have a week off and have a bye or is it better – to maybe have a home playoff game or play a playoff game and and not have to rest and you you know you talked about rust and how many teams come out looking rusty after after a bye and all that kind of stuff. What do you guys think? I'm right 50-50 either way. I mean, I you look at that 27 2007 Giants team and to a man Strahan talked a lot about it that the fact that they didn't have any time off helped them that they rolled right into it and got that momentum going really fast rather than sitting at home and watching these other teams get momentum yeah. and, then waiting, and then waiting to play. So it works. I think it depends on how banged up your team is. If you really need the rest for your injuries for your solid starters, then a week off is probably – I'm, I'm kind of thinking the Niners this week off might hurt them because of what you said earlier about Garoppolo not being as experienced as I – mean, he gets a lot of credit. He's, he's in the good column a lot of times when I don't think he's really deserved it. Um, this is this having a week off, I think would hurt him more than anything is what I'm, I'm glad we're in the position of playing last week and going right into this. Yeah, me too. Especially Jimmy Garoppolo's guy is going to use an example. So, yeah. One of the differences between getting that week off and rolling right through and I'm agreeing it plays both directions is if you have the week off, that means you've got home field advantage, home field advantage, depending on the team can be huge, whether it be Minnesota or Green Bay or whomever, that could be a a factor with the other team coming in. Now, speaking of home team advantage, Drew, you live in the area. Does San Francisco have any sort of home team set up? Is it a loud stadium? Or is it just in San Francisco? No. You got a bunch of, you know... You got, here's how it is in San Francisco, guys. You got, you got, you got, listen, you got, you know, you got your fans in for the Broncos, the Patriots. You got these really diehard 
fanships around the NFL, the Niners, they all get together. Oh, let's go down to see the Niner game this Sunday. Oh, thank you, Mick. They don't, they don't, a lot of them don't even follow it unless it's some kind of status thing where they can hang out in the parking lot and, you know, you can't discuss football with a lot of them. It's it's not a home advantage. It's it's not. It was back when Montana and Walsh were walking the sidelines. That's when it was fury, and that's when it was fire, and that's when it was real with Eddie D and all that. That was all legitimate fucking powerhouse shit. That was. But it has. It's not like that anymore. It's not like that. It's, it's all, it seems. It seems like they kind of lost something going leaving 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 actually leaving San Francisco. And Candlestick Park. Candlestick was a was I think a distinct home field advantage for them. For except you know against the Vikings in 1987. It, it, it's kind of a transition of a lot of the old Viking fans. Like you talk with Tony Bell and everybody about the dome when the Vikings went from outside to that dome. A yes. lot of yes. A lot of the Niner fans didn't want to leave Candlestick because they had that certain. There was some weird power about that stadium. It was a little rundown. You'd sit in your chair. The thing would fucking break. You'd have to tape it together. <laughs> but but that, that kind of worked with all that Dwight Clark and all that Randy Cross and all that. You know what? It was a, there was a certain – and then everything's now new. So everybody's like – it's kind of hard to even explain. But it's the only – the comparison between the Vikings, the old Matt, and then the Dome, it's like kind of like that. Um, okay. All right. But they, this is certainly – I don't think the, the the Vikings. It's not going to be like sitting going into Seattle or anything. I mean, it'll be loud naturally, right. but uh, no, Seattle uh, has an advantage. If, it, if they can handle that dome last week, guys, they can certainly handle this outdoor stadium at Santa Clara. Okay, good, All right. good, good. The crowd won't be a factor to them. Okay, well, if the crowd's not, let's look at the numbers. What have you got? I don't have DVOA. I know that the Niners. Uh, I'm looking well, for you, weak you spots. Get, you can get a shot for that. <laughs> <laughs> the Niners' offense is fourth, and their their defense is second, and they're also the number one against the pass. So take that. I mean, that's that presents problems right there. The really the weak spot I see is their rushing defense, which works out good for us because that's our strong point. So I'm hoping the Vikings kind of they're 17th in rush defense, 112 yards a game. So I think we, if we can get ours there on the ground and then keep. Again, I'm going to say it comes down to Cousins, but if Cousins can stay involved and, and keep his head up and be positive and be confident and make some early throws, I think the Niners, the Niners numbers, Dave, they look a lot higher than what I've seen their team play this year. I mean, they're a good team. Don't get me wrong, but they, they can falter like anybody else. Uh, we're, well, they, they're statistically higher than almost everything against us. What's their DVOA, Dave? The San Francisco has a DVOA of offense rank of seven, defense rank of two, special teams twelve. Minnesota has offense of ten, defense of seven, and special teams of fourteen. So DVOA has the Minnesota a couple spots below San Francisco on just about everything. The only one that's different is PFF. PFF has offense of the Vikings at three, the third best in the league. San Francisco is the 10 best. They have the defense. San Francisco is the third best. Minnesota is the fifth best. And then overall, they have San Francisco as the sixth best team, and Minnesota is the seventh. Both of these teams run the ball really well. 
Vikings are sixth in rushing. The Niners are second in rushing. They use basically the same system. So whoever rushes the ball better is probably going to have a huge advantage. I mean, that's probably defensively how they're both going to attack it, too. Make each of these quarterbacks, Jimmy G and Dreamy T, whatever, make them both beat you. And, and, and here's – and you're, you're going to think I'm going to sound like a homer, 100% homer. But, but this is why I think that leads to a bit of an advantage for the Vikings. I, I talked about Cousins already playing, getting over that psychological hump. And if you'll notice in overtime, he just – it felt like that whole team just went F it. F it. Let's just air it out and win this game and get out of here. And they took that attitude to the field and and they won the game. You, Drew, you mentioned what are what are the 49ers rushing defense? 14th, 17th, 17th. The Minnesota Vikings are going to be able to run the ball on San Francisco. And I, I think when you got guys like like Nick Bosa and and they, I can't remember their other defensive end off the top of my head, but their 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 whole entire defensive line is really good. But they remind me a lot of Jared Allen in that they get upfield fast. Right. When you get upfield, you remember when Jared Allen got upfield and, and the Vikings had pretty bad linebackers? There was a void in the field that was about 20 yards by 20 yards, and there was nobody around, whoever it was coming out of the backfield. You give that kind of space to Dalvin Cook. And he is going to eat you alive. They did it to Cam Jordan Sunday. He got upfield. Yes. Big old giant hole on the right side about three times. And Cook Cook ran it right up inside there for 10 or 15 yards. And so I, 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 I really feel the Vikings will be able to establish the run. And that's going to get the offense comfortable. Again, we talk about having the manageable second and third downs. You don't want to get in second and long and third and long because you don't want the, the 49ers – anticipating pass and guys like Nick Bosa just pinning their ears back and yeah, and going on, going after cousins. Cause that'll be a bad day. If they can do that. And now you've got a confident Kirk cousins that believes in himself, a team that believes in him. A boys, I'm not making any predictions for this game, but I'm not nearly as down in the dumps as I was this time last week, not down in the dumps, but skeptical. I, I I I feel in some ways the Vikings, although the, the 49ers have daunting numbers, it just feels like the Vikings match up better because when you look at the Saints, man, they didn't they didn't really have a bad game other than that other than that Falcons game. And it was like, well, the, the Vikings sort of have to catch lightning in a bottle to kind of, right. you know, to beat them. I, I don't think that has to happen against against the 49ers. Well, because, well, and they didn't catch lightning in a the bottle. They just outplayed them. Here's the, here's the interesting thing. You know what that game did when the Vikings finished that game and Rudy caught that pass? Uh-huh. When Rudy caught that pass, the whole Vikings coaching staff and team got more confident. And yeah. you know what happened to the Kyle Shanahan and the Niners? Their fucking eyebrows raised up a little more. <laughs> yeah, and they probably, had to take, yeah. They had to take notice a little more. Holy shit, this isn't what we expected. That right there, that right there has sent something into their thought process. Holy shit, the night look what the Vikings did. Yeah. If the Vikings can do that. So it's got you get somebody thinking about something. Yeah, but they're getting reinforced. I saw today there was local San Francisco TV talking about the path to the Super Bowl for the Niners is paved with gold. 
Okay. All they got to do is, you know, beat the struggling Minnesota Vikings. Okay. You know, and if Zimmer's smart, that's going boom, up on the board, period. That actually is is up on the board right now, all over Egan. Every TV has that headline. Yeah. It had to prepare all week for the Saints. Mm-hmm. And they went in there. We we're talking about attitude, attitude. You got to have the right attitude. You got to do this with the crowd, run the ball. We did. They did all that. They got this huge emotional win. Now, can they follow it up, or did they spend it all there? Because I, I, the second week at the nightclub, I certainly wasn't as good as my first week at the nightclub. <laughs> I stay up a week. My music wasn't going to be the same the next weekend. I missed a lot of notes the next weekend. We'll find out. I, I, I think they can. I, I honestly believe they learned a lot from that 2017 game. Kirk Cousins wasn't a part of it, so he has he doesn't even have to, you know, look back on that week. He can right. refocus and, and get ready. And I, I'm telling you guys, if, if the Vikings can run the ball with Dalvin Cook and they could put the ball in the hands of Jimmy Garoppolo for San Francisco, I, I really like their chances. Now, that's easier said than done. I get it. Easier said than done. No, I like what you said earlier about – Cousins could be climbing this mountain all these years, and he finally gets to the top. Finally, gets that signature win where he gets to the top of the mountain. Now it's all different. Now he just starts kicking some ass because he finally got that. Like you just talked about earlier, he got that. Got took care of something that's been chasing him forever. Yeah, it'll be a different guy coming out from here forward. Let's hope so. Well, let's hope it mimics 1987. Speaking of which. Drew, have you got some trivia for us? Guys, we're all we're going strictly 1987. First off, first off, tell the production guy that talks about how much time we spend in the tell him to back off. You talk to that production guy. Hey, if you talk to that guy and tell him we're gonna do shit our way. This is our show. Thank you. Okay. How old were each of you in 87? I was 20 years old. Holy hell. I would have been 24. I thought you were going to say 43, Dave. Uh, <laughs> no, All right. I was stationed. Before no, I had just gotten stationed in North Dakota for that game. Well, we all remember 87, so I'm going to jump right into this, and I'll try to roll it right along so I don't use up all the company time. All right. Okay, but first, before we go Vikings... You have, of course, your bonus questions. Yes. Number one song in 1987. Now, you, if you don't need a clue, it's a 10-point question. If you need a clue, it's only worth five. Of of the of that week in 87 or, or, or of, of the year? year? I'm trying to think who was big. I kept it, so. uh, I'm thinking probably a Michael Jackson song. You only get one month in each on this. Get, oh, give me a, I'm thinking, I need a clue. I need a clue. I'm thinking White Snake, Van Halen, somewhere in there. Songs sing about gold crocodiles and cops and donut shops. Wayo, wayo. No? I, who's the artist? Who's the artist? This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. 
and I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. All the cops in the donut shop say... Oh, all the bangles! Um, no, can't get it walk now. Like an, walk like an Egyptian. That's correct, but you get no points. All right. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, now we're going to flip over to the top five movies in 87 real quick. And these aren't by box office numbers. These are by popularity. These are voted okay. by popular. They're the most watched movies in 1987. And I will give you a clue for each of these because okay. it's pretty tough trying to guess them right off the top of your head because like, okay. 87 is a long-ass time for both of you beer acts a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the let's go. One, Patrick Swayze is your clue. Dirty Dancing. That's it! Woo! Got that pretty fast. The second one, Andre the Giant, is your clue. Princess Bride. Damn, dude! You got two mulligans in this section, too. You haven't used them yet. The third clue for the third most watched movie in 1987 was Dark Helmet. Oh, Spaceballs, the movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Rick Moranis, what a classic. Ludicrous speed. <laughs> the fourth one, R. Lee Ermey. Oh, full metal jacket, baby. Yeah. Yeah, this is my gun. How did it go? This is my gun speech? This is okay. my weapon. This is my gun. This is for fighting. <laughs> this is for fun. <laughs> Three points per, so that gives you 12 so far. Wait. Yeah, so for the clean sweep, the last one is John Candy. Okay, they, this could be a couple movies now. You better get it right. You got two mulligans left. I'm. Give Come me on. one mulligan, because I, I there it's it's one of two movies, and I I'm not sure oh, which maybe one. You can guess right. it. Maybe it's the right one. Go ahead. It's not stripes. There's no, your no, mulligan. No, 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 it wasn't. I said I, I said it wasn't. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Oh, um, it wasn't, okay. Drives is like 82. That was a good guess. Yeah, but 
And that was early she, candy. She's in like a bunch of movies in the 80s. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I can't remember which one was first, though. I, Uncle Buck? Mulligan. So it must be the other one you're thinking of. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? There you go! Uh, there you go. You got uh, 15 points on that. Why can't you have a jelly donut in the barracks, Private Pile? Because I'm a, because you're a disgusting fat body, Private Pile. Uncle Buck, when he told that lady to get a rat to eat that thing off her face. <laughs> okay, we go. We're on to the Vikings now. Now that we had a little, uh, now that we fell back in '87 a little bit, we're going to stick with '87, but we're going to the Vikings. Right. That great divisional game that I was at. That I have a really cool story for. <laughs> that's what we're going to get into. That's the game. That's the only game we've got to think about. Okay. Who were the Vikings' head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator? Head coach was uh, Jerry Burns. Ding, 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 ding. Offensive coordinator was Bob Schnelker. That's correct. And Dude. the defensive coordinator was Floyd Peters. Damn, dude. Damn. That's six points right there, and I'll give you a bonus of five if you can tell me who the defensive backs coach was. Oh, um, it was Tony Dungy, I believe. Oh, it was Pete Carroll. <laughs> Pete Carroll. <laughs> it was either Dungy or Carroll. That's all right. You got six on that one. Okay. Moving on. You got 21 points. So what's your record? Did you happen to remember? 60. 49. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on those two sides of the football, you get one point if you can name all 44 starting starting <laughs> players on both sides of the ball. Listen, no kickers or punters, just players. Niners starting offense, Niners starting defense, Vikings starting offense, Vikings starting defense. And what I recommend when you got three mulligans is name the guys you know first off before you have to think of the guys you don't have. And you have a piece of paper? Yeah, hang on, I do. Yeah. You I do. did, did you? You don't have the paper ready. I do, it's right here. It's right here. Okay. I'm going to give you each. Okay. Each roster is going to have one QB. All right, so. Easy. Quarterback, two running backs. Two wide receivers. Two wide receivers. One tight end. Tight end, and then the old line. line. All right, so, so for the Vikings, quarterback was Wade Wilson. Yes. Running back was... Um, Darren Nelson. Yes. And I know one of the wide receivers was Anthony Carter. I can't know. I, I'm not sure who the other starting running back is. I know they played like three or four guys, so I want to come back to who I think the starter was. The other starting wide receiver was Leo Lewis. Yes. <laughs> Tight end starting was Steve Jordan, but he didn't have any scores in that game. It was a different guy. Left tackle was Zimmerman. Damn, dude. Uh, left Guard center center was uh, Loudermilk Kirk Loudermilk from the Ohio State University. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right you guard. He was a great. He was the center, and he was a damn good football player. <laughs> uh, right guard was uh, Cook. How uh, did you remember that, dude? Um, right tackle was. I'm pretty sure it was Tim Irwin. Was. <laughs> Holy shit. I got to come back. Uh, all right. So on defense. Left guard played for Notre Dame. There's your clue on him. I, I got to come back. That's, I, I'm not sure. So what? defensive tackles was Millard. Right. Henry Thomas. Yeah. 
Defensive end was Dolman. I can't remember who the other one was off the top of my head. Linebacker was Studwell. Oh, wait, wait. Wait, I fell behind. I was thinking about that chick from the Bengals. Let me catch up for a second. <laughs> so the two defensive tackles were Millard and, and Henry Thomas. Chris Dolman. The one defensive end was Dolman. Uh, Studwell was one of the linebackers. Oh, dude, you got nice. a killer memory. This is awesome. Um, I, I, cornerback, one was Carl Lee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one safety was Browner. Yeah. Um, um, Ike Holt was the other cornerback. <laughs> Shit, dude. That um, is freaking awesome. God, for San Francisco. Okay, so. Let me take the quarterback. Yeah, okay, you get that one. So Montana. <laughs> Uh, running back. That's a tough one, Dave. <laughs> I guess you had to think a lot on that one. Would have been. It would have okay. been. Hey, hold on. That's the only game Montana ever got benched in. Do you guys yeah. know that? Yeah. Yeah. Good bit of knowledge right there. And I was so, there to see him walk off the field and discuss. <laughs> right. Mont- right. You enjoyed so, it, too. So it was Montana, Roger Craig, mm-hmm. Tom Rathman, big bad fullback. Fuck, he was a great player, wasn't he? Um, man, I. Uh, whoa, who was their lineman? Randy Cross was one of their linemen. Yes, he was the center. Center, because I know he played everywhere. Dracula. Um, Bubba, somebody or other, is one of their star- other starting linemen. Paris, Bubba Michigan. Paris, yeah, Bubba Paris from Michigan. Was Bubba- he really? Yes. Um, where where did Bubba Paris play? Left tackle. Yes. Paris was left tackle. Randy Cross was center. So I need left guard, right guard, right tackle. I yeah. aimed to get the wide receiver since he got the obvious quarterback. <laughs> yeah, wide receivers would have been. You want to help me out on this one? Sure, Jerry Rice. <laughs> Jerry Rice. That's correct. And the other one would have been, was it? Oh, let's see. Yeah, it was John Taylor by then. No, that's one mulligan. Ah! Taylor, one mully. One mully, Sully. Sweetie. <laughs> Tight end. Uh, John Frank from the yes. Ohio State University. Yes, they actually used. I was either going to take John Frank or Brent Jones would have been the correct answer for that. Okay. Their defense. Um, you no, know, when I was doing their defense, it didn't look. I, I barely noticed anybody on there. I'm t- how how the hell do they have such a good record? I don't. Ronnie Lott was yeah. because he knocked himself out in that game hitting hitting Leo Lewis, I think. Um. Man, I man, who was there? Oh, oh, they had the guy that had the pick six for them, starting safety. Um, Fuller. Fuller was a, was their other safety. That's good knowledge. You got over half of the forty-four so far. You're doing great. Let me go back to the Vikings. So, um. Linebacker, who would have well, been like twenty-five so far total? Well, you got was, Studwell already for one of them. Got Studwell. Yeah, you need two linebackers, one safety, a defensive end. Jesse Solomon was one of the linebackers. <laughs> like, I right? love Jesse Solomon, dude. The yeah. guy ripped up. Um, I that's about all I think I can get. I I can't remember for the life of me who that other defensive end was. You got a de- defensive end, a linebacker, and one safety, and then on offense you got one running back and then a left guard. 
I yeah, I don't know. Uh, oh, oh, the other running back, um, Alfred sure? Anderson. Right. You still have two mulligans left, so you're sitting in good shape. Alfred Anderson was the other running back. So I got the entire starting offense except the left guard. That's right. That is this impressive. Is, this is going to bug me. <laughs> um, Terry Tausch? No, Mulligan 2. Ah, good okay. guess, though. Very, very, very good guess, though. Um, Tausch. I got one Mulligan left. Oh, um, Keena Turner played for the 49ers back then. He was a starter, wasn't he? Or was... No, he wasn't. Uh, that's Not my last game. Mulligan, right? He was starting during the season, I think, and he got hurt. Did he get hurt? Okay. You got 27 of the 44. All right, I, Dave, unless you can throw any other names out there, I'm, I'm done. No, we've gone through all the big names. That the left guard for the Vikings was Dave Huffman. Dave Huffman! The defensive end was Doug Martin, Dougie Martin. Doug Martin. And the other linebacker was David Howard. David Howard, okay. And the other safety was Harris. John Harris. Harris. John Harris, okay. The Niners was wide receiver Mike Wilson. Left guard, Jesse Sapolu. Collie uh, was the right guard. Harris Barton was the right tackle. And then on defense, the two ends were Dwayne Board and Pete Kugler. Nose tackle was Michael Carter. And uh, defensive tackle was Fonhorst, Jim Fonhorst. Mike McCall was a linebacker. Mike Walter was a linebacker. Todd Shell was a linebacker. A lot of unknown guys. So wow. I didn't just really get yeah. these. But you got 27 added to 21. Is 48. One away from your record, and you have one question left. All right, Ooh, let's go. 48. And this question's worth five points. How many total yards did Anthony Carter get that day? If you get it within 10 yards either way, you will get the five points, and you will get your new high score. You have 48 that points right now. Total yards, special teams and everything, right? Everything. Every damn yard AC piled up. He had 220 some receiving. He had check. Uh, I'm gonna say I can't remember exactly what his punt returns, but he had a huge punt return. My God, that was like 75. So I'm gonna say 305 total yards. How about Two, Steve Bissabak? 278 yards. Ooh. 227 receiving, 30 on the ground. One run, oh. one run for 30 yards, put him at 257, and 21-yard in punt returns. He had two punt returns at total 21. Wow. 278 yards. That's a heck of a So game. that's Dylan and Diggs got to be going after this week. Uh, oh, well. And I hope they can do it. I, I had such a great day. When I, where I was sitting in that stadium, Reggie Rutland, when he caught that interception, uh-huh. was running right towards me. And was he Really? I have never heard in all my days a stadium that quiet after that. I could yell, and you could hear my echo in the other end zone. <laughs> Everybody was shocked, dude. Just simply, it was crazy. It was, what a day. I was drunk as shit. We left there. We walked out of the stadium all proud. And we saw some tailgaters, the Viking group tailgating. We We hung out with them for like an hour, and... To get there, if when you went from Santa Rosa to San Francisco, you stopped by a place called Tommy's Joint, this little bar. Right. And every half hour, they would shuttle you over to Candlestick. Right. So we ate, drank some more at Tommy's Joint, and the shuttle took us over there. And then they'll pick you up, bring you back to Tommy's Joint, get in your car, and go home. It's like a San Francisco was like an hour and a half from where we lived in Santa Rosa, north. 
So we partied with these people in the tailgate, yeah, drinking with a bunch of strangers, getting loaded, <laughs> doing shit that I can't even tell you on the show. Uh, we were doing everything. We left there, and we hopped on a bus, and we started heading back to Tommy's joint, me and my buddy. And I look over at this guy next to me. I'm all, dude, what time does this thing get to Tommy's joint? He's going, Tommy's joint? And I'm going, yeah. And he goes, dude, this is going to Chinatown. And I go, oh. <laughs> So I look at my buddy. I go, I guess we're going to Chinatown. So we get to Chinatown lit as fuck. We're just lit. <laughs> we're walking from storefront to storefront, hugging these Asian people and kissing them. Vikings won. We're hugging people in Chinatown and somehow we got from Chinatown to Petaluma to the 101 Casino, lost another five or six hundred bucks playing poker. We had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We got to, we got to Petaluma, we decided to hit the casino and then I think I went, got home at like six in the morning and then went to work. What a... I was so glassy. I didn't know what was going on. It was a great. Everything what, what went a great that day. Great day. Didn't a fight with any of the fans at Candlestick. Vikings rolled them. Tailgate went good. Met a bunch of new people. Ended up in Chinatown hugging. Kissing a whole bunch of new people. <laughs> oh, you know the people in Chinatown loved us because they were like, "You want to buy a shirt?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll buy a shirt." I give them a fifty dollar bill and they give me no change. And I was too drunk. Thank you. Thank you. And then I'd go to the next venue and I'd leave the shirt I just bought overpaid. I'd leave that on the counter and forget about it and buy something else and then leave. It was like, I think I went through Chinatown for 45 minutes and lost $1,000. You know what? Didn't matter. Vikings won. That's right. It was a great day. I didn't mean to go on, but that was kind of a cool story. That is awesome. (laughs) Well, hopefully we take... That sort of exuberance one more time into San Francisco on Saturday afternoon. Have anybody looked into long distance weather? Drew, looking at you since you live in the area. I was hoping it would rain again because that was part of the excitement of being down there at 87. It wasn't raining, but you guys know that heavy mist that's almost like rain? It it makes you soak, but it's not like rain. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it slowed that field down so much, it became a tremendous advantage for the Vikings' defensive line because the Niners couldn't use any of their speed. Right. And that was big. So I was hoping maybe we can get some more of that rain uh, coming in for uh, Sunday's game. But the rain is on tap for Santa Clara for Monday. So I think it's going to be overcast, but not, there's not going to be any rain to get in the way. But okay. uh, Ted feels good about this game, then I feel good about this game because he was right on with the – I was – I was doom and gloom with that Saints game, guys. I was. I wasn't thinking too positive about that at all. But I thought it was a long shot, but the Vikings had a chance. I think, and I, I, I think they've got a better. You know, the thing is, on on offense, they're going to have to neutralize or slow down the 49ers' pass rush. If if they can't do that, if if you know, it's kind of been the thing that the the theme with the Vikings all year. If you can get pass rush. Uh, a strong pass rush up the middle. The Vikings are going to have a hard time moving the ball on offense. If they can, if they can do that, you know, Dalvin Cook. I, I don't think it can be overstated how important having Dalvin Cook back was last week. Right. I mean, he looked he looked like it was the beginning of the year for him. He looked fresh. He looked strong. And I, I think he's going to have another good game. I, Did you I, know that was Thielen and Cook's first time since week six they had played together? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize that. That, that makes a big difference when those two guys are on the field. But you know what? The Niners had 48 sacks during the regular season. Guess how many we had? 
52 or 53, didn't we? 48. We had 48 also. 48. Really? Yeah, so, we make but they're having this off the defensive line that's like the uh, the old purple people eaters, but you know, they can yeah, be but, controlled. I hope O'Neill gets some help over there, though. D Ford is just coming off a hamstring hamstring uh, injury, and he's not a hundred percent. He's going to play, but he's not a hundred percent, which is good. Now you talk about O'Neill getting help. O'Neill was amazing last Sunday. Yeah. So he's he the one guy on the O-line I don't worry about. Drive. What's that? Did he get that holding penalty to kill our drive, though? I was kind of upset with that. but Sure, yep. it wasn't Reef. It's usually Reef. <laughs> 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 if they get going upfield, though, I'm in agreement with Ted about getting Cook going. Cook is probably, again, the catalyst to this whole thing. I think so, yeah. You're probably right. And if Cook gets going like they did against New Orleans, New Orleans start. Norland's first half game plan was to do the same thing that a couple other teams this season have done, where they put the two safeties back and try to keep everybody in front. So you keep the wide receivers in front, and you got the extra bat, and then go, Kirk, beat us. Well, when Stefanski sees that, he runs Cook, and Cook's, Yards per gain in that first half was like 6.9, right, per carry type deal. And they got up to the point the Saints said, we got we got to stop Cook. And then they moved up, and then that's when Kirk Cousins, good Kirk, showed up, right, went over to Hump, and boom, up. to the receivers. You froze up there for a second, but I got the yeah. gist of what you were saying. I, it, Which is good. My you know, soliloquy have- ended right until you came back. What Perfect. was with Cousins in the first quarter last Sunday, guys? I mean, are we going to get that again? Because it was shaky, man. I, need- I, I honestly think he might be over it, guys. I, I really do. And I just, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And part of well, that was the defense, what he was seeing, right? And But, yeah, the first few passes, the one he skipped short. I don't but- – I don't think that the Niners, I saw the ranking number two in defense. Right. Their defense to me isn't playing like it was in the middle of the season. They gave up like no. 45 points to the Saints. I mean, come on. Right. The Saints, they beat them 46. Remember that crazy game, 48 yeah. to 46? Yeah. I mean, sure, you won the game, but if the Vikings, this is going to be, you know, everybody, all those analysts think I'll kiss my ass for another week because they're all acting like we don't have a shot. The Vikings are a good football team when they play their game. Yep, they sure are. Like I said this morning, I fear the meltdown, but you guys have me pumped for this Saturday. They they have a chance to win. Oh, without a doubt. I don't, you know what? You want to get yeah. me drunk as shit and send me to Chinatown? Fucking do it. I'll do that for the game. <laughs> I'll meet you there. I'll fly out and meet you there. Imagine that. Me and Smitty walking from venue to venue in Chinatown. But big old stacks of legal fireworks and shit. <laughs> Oh, what a day. I was 22, awesome. and I had no worries in the world. <laughs> oh. Any last words there, Drew? Meow, meow, Viking cow. Get the win, and let's move on south. Ted? Like I've said all year, Super Bowl homeboy. We'll see you in Miami. Let's go. Hey, real quick, before you go off the air, I'm gonna give you, I don't give out betting things without people paying for it usually, so this is a freebie. We're leaning in. What is it? I'm giving you a freebie on the bet this week. Okay. Take the Titans. They're going to win the game. Ooh. I don't give up. People usually pay me high dollar for my for my knowledge of betting. <laughs> it's the upset of the week. Take it. Really? Titans are going to beat the beat the Ravens. You heard it here first, folks. It's going to be a good game. Again, inexperienced quarterbacks in the class. 
go Vikings! Let's win this game! Yes. Hardcore. Thanks, guys. All right. I got to go eat. Sorry if my trivia went too long. No, it's great, man. I loved it. Yeah, no, no. That was perfect timing. We are sitting at 56 minutes. So, all right. We're good. 57. Cool, dude. All right, boys. We all will right, guys. Uh, see you on the flip flop. Check you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Flip flop uh, later. Later. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.